Welcome to episode 203 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Monday, 5th of November, 2018. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey, everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, a contributor to Forbes.com and a cycle industry journalist for more than 30 years. Today's episode features me and show regular attorney Jim Moss talking about cycle helmets. Jim sits on a bunch of helmet committees for the American Society of Testing and Materials, ASTM. And the tweet of his went a little viral when he wrote that most cycle helmets do not protect against concussions. This was a tweet in response to my Forbes article, I do not wear a bicycle helmet. In fact, I do wear a, a bike helmet and so does Jim, but I don't wear one when driving or walking on icy sidewalks. We discuss risk homeostasis and why I should wear a bowler hat instead of a cycle helmet. This isn't a show telling you to wear or not to wear a cycle helmet, but it does ask why cycling is deemed so dangerous that head protection is required when many other activities also carry the risk of head injuries, yet head protection is never discussed for them. As always, if you feel strongly either way on this topic, and it is the Brexit and Donald Trump of cycling, sure to divide opinions, tell us on the comment section on the-spokesman.com. Okay, let's get to today's show. And it is, yes, it is show 203. And uh, with me today, uh, star of ASTM committees, uh is is jim moss and i say that uh because jim you went viral um if you don't mind me <laughs> saying so you went viral on the internet uh when you responded uh to an article i wrote uh, for forbes.com where uh, rather cheekily rather clickbaity i i do agree i said i do not wear a bicycle helmet and what i meant by that was i don't want wear one um when i'm walking on ice i don't wear one in my car but i do wear one on my bicycle so that was where it was coming from and then you came in and uh, you said um well you, you, something i didn't know for a start so you can tell us exactly how you got on so you are on the 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 committee that in effect um polices and sets up the standards for helmets, but just tell exact tell us exactly what ASTM uh, does. Um, the American Society for Testing Materials is an organization, um, a nonprofit organization that makes standards for the manufacturing of items here in the United States. It, it, in the EU and most of the rest of the world, the standards are sort of set by um, committees composed of, of the people in the industry. Um, in the United States, you join the ASTM at $75 a year. It's cheap. And then you get to vote on the new standards. Um, and they have committees on everything. I mean, the example I use all the time is concrete. The concrete used to make bridges in the United States is based on standards created in the ASTM. Bicycle helmets are, have a standard that was created by the ASTM uh, for sale here in the United States. Now, the issue with bicycle helmets is, though, is that there are several different organizations that make standards for bicycle helmets. And the ASTM is just one of them. The other issue though is all the standards are basically the same. 
so it's an organization that makes standards and I'm on, I'm actually on 57 different committees for climbing and mountaineering and cycling and uh, all sorts of outdoor sports. And then I'm also an American representative, the legal representative to the UIAA, which is the international uh, climbing organization that makes standards for climbing and mountaineering equipment based in Europe. And they have a helmet too, standard too, but it's for climbing helmets. And it's very different from all the other standards. And it actually makes sense. It actually does what it's supposed to do. Let, let me pick you up on that then, climbing. Because climbing, you're getting rocks, I'm assuming. That's what that's there for, rocks falling on your head rather than you know, falling off Yosemite. Because the helmet is not going to save you if you fall off Yosemite. So I, am I right there thinking it is it's for falling rocks rather than falling to the ground? Uh, um, what do you think? Exactly. You are 100% correct. If, if you were wearing a, a UIAA-approved helmet, rock climbing helmet, and you fell down the stairs, it's not going to protect you. But if you drop a 10-pound rock on your head, it's going to protect you. So the standard for climbing helmets is a, a, the ability to absorb an impact directly on top of your head. Now, that's that's kind of very similar to a bicycle impact in that it's not a 10 pound rock dropping on your head but you are the rock in effect being dropped so you fall to the curb um, no, or you yeah, fall to the, the ground yeah it's actually identical to the climbing helmet standard this is the obscene and i use that word in, intentionally issue with bicycle helmets is they are not designed to protect you at all from a bicycle crash they were designed in the 1600s to prevent pedestrians from getting hit on the head when things fell out of windows and, and whatever else, balconies, in Amsterdam and other parts of Europe. And the same standard, the same design is still being used today for cycling helmets. So if you, let's just go backwards on the, the climbing one. So if you wore... An, an, from my bicycling writing background, you know, for, for, for many, many years, we've always said, this is one of almost, like, you know, helmet 101 is you always tell people, do not wear helmets from other sports because they're not designed for your sport. So you don't wear <laughs> a, a kayaking helmet for, for cycling. You don't wear a climbing helmet. However, from what you're saying, it, it would actually protect you more if you did but it's just the fact that you're not getting air through and you wouldn't wear it so much. Is, is that the issue here? Exactly. There, there's one manufacturer here in the United States who uses the same exact helmet and only changes parts of the lining for skydiving, cycling, skiing, kayaking. Um, the changes in is only in the kayaking ones so that the liner used in the other sports doesn't hold the water. What, what is the point? What's the point of a skydiving helmet? Well, as as most of the EMTs that I know say, it keeps the brain all in one point, keeps it all connected, and it provides some place you can mount your GoPro. <laughs> That's actually a very good point for bicycle helmets. Where would we where would we mount our GoPros if we didn't have a helmet on? Right. That's the only the only thing a cycling helmet does. Or a skiing helmet. That's this is it provides a, an attachment point um, for for GoPros mainly. The helmets are designed so so. I'm on the ASTM ski helmet committee, which is the identical test, you know, for um, uh, cycling helmets. A weight dropped on the top of the helmet, or your the helmet dropped on a weight that's got so much weight in the helmet, um, directly in the center of the helmet. Remember, if you're going to crash, you have to aim. So it, you impact on the very center of your head. I would, I just paint a red dot on most of mine. I can't see it when I'm crashing, but I know that's where I should be hitting. Um, and 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 so skiing, the same skiing helmets were designed. So if you hit a branch with your head, you would not get a scalp injury. That's mm -hmm. it. There is no helmet. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's no helmet that prevents from concussions. Look at well, the, that's that. Because that's what your tweet was, so that's what I should uh, I should point out. You're, so the reason your tweet went viral, uh, I mean, this is a point that that it, it it does get mentioned in articles, but it's then pretty much skirted a, a, away from. So it basically, 
Um, people assume that a bicycle helmet will protect from concussion, which is the brain being mushed around inside the cranium and 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 possibly losing some um, faculties thereof. So you're saying bicycle helmets do not prevent that mushing around of the brain. I'm saying they don't do crap, anything, let alone protect from a concussion. The, the one thing that bicycle helmet would do is it messes up your hair. <laughs> Unless you don't have any hair. I was going to say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely skirt around that one because I don't think that's applicable here at all. <laughs> so the yeah. concussion point, but what about, so it kind of is known about in the industry because that's where MIPS came from. Correct. So MIPS is the one, is the, for people who don't know, and this is why you should be buy, get the MIPS if you're going to be buying anything at all, is it's the, it's the kind of the, it, it mimics a slippery surface where, uh, the in effect, the inside of the helmet wobbles a bit, in effect, and then when you crash, it then moves. Uh, is it with your scalp? Well, sort of, yeah. So, so let's let's back up a little bit. There, there are two things that affect concussions. Um, one is the force, the amount of pressure. Sometimes it's it's measured as speed that your brain is impacting. And the other is time. So if you can decrease either of those, speed, force, or time, then you can provide better protection for your head. So the any protection provided by a bicycle helmet, there's zero protection until the bicycle helmet cracks, okay? And that crack is so fast and, and doesn't really do anything, so it provides no concussion protection. MIPS came along. And the theory there is, is that the inner lining and the outer lining move so that it decreases the force and increases the, the time of, of the injury uh, the, or the impact. So it should decrease um, your, uh, the, the, your concussion. There's actually two other uh, helmets out there that um, have a claim like that. The other is Cali, K-A-L-I. Um, they use the same styrene that's used in all helmets, but they use two different types of styrene. And then they, it looks like they've taken cones and, and put them into each other so that the styrene has different pressures, different ways and interacts with each other to decrease force, um, and increase time. And the latest one that is does have some promise and has been tested by third parties is called 6D helmets. Um, and now when you look at a 6D helmet, you're going to be a little shook because it's a big helmet, but it's got to be big. So it has what looks like little rubber hourglasses between two layers that move in all directions, 360 degrees to decrease the force and increase the time. And, and that's what you need in a helmet. The helmet that, that just, I'll be honest with you, if, 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 they, if uh, one of the companies I like, Laser, doesn't you know, continue with their extra large helmets, I'm back to Tupperware and duct tape. But it <laughs> provides the same amount of, of protection as current bicycle helmets. Um, it, because they, you know, as far as, I mean, if you're, if you're sliding across the street, you're, you're not going to get road rash in your head, but you won't care because you have road rash everyplace else. But yeah, the helmets don't do anything other than make your hair not look bad and hold your GoPro. So let's, you, you mentioned two there, but there is a third one. And that is not strictly speaking a helmet, but it's head protection and that's hovding. Yes. So this, this is the, the, I'm sure people have seen this. Um, in the U.S., maybe not so much because it's it's not available in the U.S., which I didn't know. But anyway, Hovding is a Swedish uh, helmet. No, I can't call it helmet. It's a Swedish head protection brand. Uh, it must be about five or six years old now. I'd have to yeah. check that. I know I've been doing stories about it for, for, for quite a few years. And it's this collar. And I actually showed my wife. I said, you must have seen this. And she said you didn't. So maybe yeah, not everybody has seen it. But anyway, it's a collar. It's not that bulky. But certainly, if you're in a, in a winter landscape, then it wouldn't be bulky at all. It would just be disappearing into what you'd be normally wearing. In the summer, it might be a bit more uh, obvious. But anyway, it's a it's a it's a collar, and 
uh, it has accelerometers in it. I mean, it has all the same technology as as your iPhone, I guess. Uh, in that, when you impact, so when you you bump up and down, it doesn't explode. But when you are about to hit the ground on your bicycle, um, it it pops out. It's an airbag. It's an airbag for your head. So it pops out of the collar completely encloses your head in this massive it's a very strange looking product let's face it you wouldn't walk walk around with this on your head because it encloses your whole head but jim that does have potential protective properties against concussion correct um and and i think i mean i look forward to it coming to the united states um but and and let me let me give a little issue here. In fact, I ran into this at Interbike on another bicycle coming to the United States. In Europe, you cannot sell until you meet all the tests of the various agencies that create standards in Europe. Once you meet those tests, then you can sell your products. In the United States, you do not have to meet any tests for helmets at all, except for kid helmets that the Consumer Product Safety Council has created. But you can sell an adult helmet in the United States without having any certifications or standards. So they could come to the United States, but because they're from the UK, I'm guessing they believe they can't sell here because they can't meet the standards. But let, let me go. let me just read out. So here's an, another attorney, Jim. Another attorney. So this is Nancy Nord. Uh, this is of a, a law firm in Washington D.C. and they are representing Hofting. So I did the article in Forbes uh, on Forbes.com. Uh, talking about, yeah, I do not wear a bicycle helmet. And then I got uh, this correspondence um, from OFW Law. And they were saying they they represent this company, the Swedish company, Hovding. And they then said, you know, are you familiar with it? Yes, I am. Um, uh, but they're saying that the, the reason, I'll read it out, the reason that the Hovding is not being sold in the US, uh, and I'm quoting here, is because federal safety standards specify test methods that are applicable to shell helmets, but preclude new technology such as the Hovding. But what you've just said there, Jim, is no, they could. Sure. Here's the issue. The helmet I wear when I ski isn't a helmet. It doesn't meet the test, but it provides concussion protection that ski helmets don't. It's called a hard hat. Um, It's no longer made. Um, I bought several from the company. It's called the Burn Hard Hat from the company before they quit selling them because it does provide concussion protection, but it doesn't meet the test. So you don't sell it as a helmet. You sell it as a way to protect your head from concussions. Is it concussion? Is that, is that what we should be protecting ourselves from, Jim? Is sure. It, is it concussion that's a problem? Yeah. Not, so, so cracking your head open is not a problem? Well, if you, crack, if you hit something hard enough to crack your head open, you probably have a concussion also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you get hit over the head with an axe, you could probably crack your head open and not have a concussion. But 90% of the issues are, are, are the concussion. But, I mean, if you crack your head open, you're going to survive and you're going to, to heal. It is multiple, multiples of concussions over time cause the greatest damage. And a severe concussion, or even a minor one, if it's the correct way, and we don't even notice that, know that much about them so far, can cause permanent or, or long-term damage. You know, I've had several friends that have had concussions that have taken almost a year to recover. Um, concussion, I take about you know, 20 minutes. Um, got one this summer riding my bike. I had a helmet on, didn't do crap. Um, and, and so, yeah, the concussion is the main thing because you, you can get stitches and, you know, your, your skull is going to heal and your hair is going to grow back and, you know, you may be uglier than you were if you hit your face, but it's the concussion that, that we really should worry about when we're talking so, about head injuries. So as an Englishman, Jim, yeah. I should be wearing a bowler hat. A bowler hat, they're actually very, very tough products. If you, if you hit your head in a bowler hat, as long as you've got it strapped on, you'd actually be quite well protected. And And... Recent studies have shown you are 100% correct, but for another reason. Anything that absorbs, yeah, I mean, the best thing, my my favorite picture in the world is, of course, a kid that's wrapped in bubble wrap, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, if you put that around your head, you would have concussion protection. What, what another factor that no one ever takes into account is a thing called 
risk homeostasis. And you can look this up on the internet. There's a gentleman, that, a professor that actually wrote a book about it. And you can download John Adams. Excuse me? John Adams. He's the main guy. Yeah. Um, and what it says is, is that when you feel safer, then you go faster or harder or push the boundaries more. So ski helmets took off in the United States based on oh, several fatalities over the last couple of years. And yet head injuries are going through the roof. We are now having more head injuries in skiing with more helmet use than we did when we had less helmet use. And one of the theories is, is that risk homeostasis. A ski helmet provides some protection up to 12 miles an hour, they supposedly say. That's what, the point where they allegedly actually crack. Protection is whether or not it cracks or not. It doesn't really provide anything. And when you ski, you ski 10 to 15 miles an hour faster wearing a helmet. So therefore, you actually eliminate all of the protection and put yourself at greater risk wearing a helmet skiing. Is that the same cycling? I don't know. I've gone mountain biking with and without a helmet, and I've ridden just as hard mountain biking, I know, because I, I went out with a couple uh, racers who were kicking my butt. Um, but I beat them downhill, you know. And But on a road bike, I don't know. I, I might not ride as fast. I doubt that. I'd probably ride just as so, fast. So you often see, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you see this in, in, in Colorado, but certainly where I live here, uh, it's not often, but it's sometimes. You sometimes see people riding around on the road on a standard bike with a downhill mountain bike helmet on. Do you think that's a more sensible idea? Well, yeah, but for another stupid reason, okay? When you go play contact sports, and such as football or, or soccer here in the United States, football in the EU, there's, uh, you must wear a mouth guard. And the reason is, is because your concussions come up from your jaw when you hit something. If you wear a mouth guard, that stops concussions. So if you hit anywhere near your face, you hit your jaw, whatever, you should be wearing a mouth guard when you're cycling to help prevent concussions. And so these bigger helmets, the, the downhill helmets that come down and protect your jaw, do provide some concussion prevention, but only um, in that they keep your you know, your, your jaw from slamming into itself and giving you a concussion that way. See, I remember it must be probably 10, 15 years ago, uh, the American Dental Association, something like to that word to that effect, they actually said, well, as well as cycle helmets, we believe in the mandatory use of mouth guards right. when, when cycling. So you're saying that's potentially a, a good idea, having a mouth guard. Yeah. I actually wrote an article about it several years ago when one of the um, companies, actually one of the ski helmet companies came out with mouth guards to wear with their helmet. And I mean, they didn't sell it. I think the only one they actually put in somebody's hands was they handed it to me to test. Although, how do you test a mouth guard, I guess? Um, but So people think that's ludicrous. If we said, oh, mouth guards, they go, oh, are you crazy? That's just, that's way over the top. There's no way I'm wearing a mouth guard, you know, like like in a in, in rugby or in American football, or whatever, you, 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 when I'm going cycling. Yet those same people will wear a helmet. So is it a fashion thing? Is, it, is this a religious stroke fashion thing with helmets in that these things aren't protecting you as much as you think? And the reason you're not using a mouth guard is because you think that's crazy. But 30 years ago, we'd have seen anybody wearing a helmet as, as, crazy. as crazy for the same reason. I wear a helmet cycling because I'm getting tired of people yelling at me saying, you should be wearing a helmet. <laughs> I mean, and, all, and, and, you know, I ride so fast that it, they can actually yell at me and I hear it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's really the reason why I wear a helmet. I'm really tired of people yelling at me. You should be wearing a helmet. You should, you know. Or, or if you go mountain biking, there's we now have uh, these rangers. I mean, great people, great volunteers who ride some of the, the busy areas of the weekend to see if anyone's injured. And they'll stop you and say, you should be wearing a helmet. So I wear the helmet just so I don't get stopped or don't get yelled at. Skiing, I wear a helmet when it gets cold. That's mm -hmm. The helmet perfects you. And I don't care. I love skiing. 
Um, and, and I ski a lot without a helmet because it doesn't do you any good. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so going, going to, to the start of the show there, you talked about um, standards and one of the standards you didn't mention, cause it, it, it's no longer uh, current, but it, it, from what I can gather, it was the toughest standard out there. Uh, and that was Snell. So the Snell standard was far, far tougher than any of the existing helmet standards. And if I'm correct in thinking this, it was pretty much uh, d- disregarded by the bike industry because it was just too tough. You couldn't, you couldn't make an attractive uh, aerated helmet using the Snell standards. They were these really heavy bucket style helmets, which they were the ones. So w- when helmets first came out, so you had things like the skid lid, um, these are like in the 80s. Those were the things that they genuinely pr- probably protected your head. Yep. And then uh, the progression of technology is normally, you know, you get stuff that's better and better and better. With cycle helmets, it's actually the 1980s helmets are far more protective than the 2018 helmet because we've let fashion and and the industry dictate the standards. Is that a fair, fair reflection of where we are? That's 100% correct. They, you know, racers were going to wear them because they were heavy. They weren't aerodynamic. They were a pain in the rear end. Um, they weren't bought because when you looked at a Snell helmet, it was a $200 helmet back then and or a $180 helmet back then. And you could buy, you know, these plastic um, Tupperware bowls for, I shouldn't, I guess I'm demeaning Tupperware. I don't mean to. Because um, uh, like I said, it provides great head protection um, for 40 bucks. You know, I, there was a ski helmet like a couple of years ago you could buy for 20 bucks for kids. Um, and, and so, you know, yeah, it was it. The Snell standard was great, but people didn't want to pay attention or buy it. People didn't want to wear that. They were supposedly hot. You know, um, there was no venting in them. Um, venting just provides a different way for the helmet to crack other than, you know, anything else. Um, and yeah, it did provide some protection, but it's sort of basically gone by the wayside. So the people that shout at you, the people that uh, maybe the same people who online immediately come in and give you their anecdotes about helmets saved their life, all that kind of stuff, and how you absolutely should wear a helmet because just think of uh, the, the, the amount of um, uh, health costs that are going into you know keeping you in a vegetative state, et cetera, et cetera. These are the kind of people that probably aren't actually looking at the actual standards, at the actual protective properties of helmets, they're looking at their their helmets from a from a, a from a talisman point of view. In effect, quite a, quite a magical point of view. In that they're 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 fashion items. You've got to wear one, but they're not actually as protective, anywhere near as protective as you actually think. Well, and more importantly, they don't understand what happened to their head with or without a helmet on and a lot of them say i had this crash and if you read how they describe the crash they use the word bounce and skid a lot they bounced off the car they bounced down the concrete think about the mechanism of injury it's a first aid term when you're skidding you're not slamming your head into something hard it's bouncing off the concrete as you slide down if you hit a car other than the windshield, you're going to dent the metal of the car, you know, the hood or whatever. That's not a lot of force sometimes to actually cause a concussion with or without a helmet. It prevented you from getting road rash on your head. But the issue is, is if the car hits you at 15 miles an hour and hits you directly in the head with or without a helmet, you're dead, you know, or, or you're in a, you know, in a vegetative state for a while. So when you start looking at these people, then you just ask them, well, was there a direct impact to your head? Well, no. What was the force? Well, my, you know, my, I got hit in the hip by the car and it threw me up in the air and I went sliding 30 foot. Well, look at sliding 30 foot as the same way a ski jumper lands, right? You can jump 50 foot in the air if your landing starts vertically and then goes at an angle till it's finally horizontally, you don't have any impact on your body and you don't get hurt. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's how we have big air competitions in cycling and in skiing. Um, consequently, 
the actual impact of your uh, injury, of your accident, you know, the helmet, you may think the helmet saved your life, but it may be, probably didn't do anything. Um, and this is definitely what, what bugs me on social media is when people talk about, and I did get this when I wrote the article and I got, got this on social media, people genuinely said that they got um, uh, hit from behind by, in UK terms, HGV. In other words, a huge, great, mammoth, great truck and uh, their helmet saved them from that. And it's like, it, it, it's, it, it, it's illogical. A, a bit of polystyrene and a bit of plastic covering absolutely could not have saved you from an HGV. You, you probably would have been fine in either case because you obviously somehow got deflected. And it probably wasn't your head that was being saved here with, with the helmet on it was just, you were saved just full stop because you glanced off the hgv because bicycle helmets and this is this is this is something you have got to stress to motorists because they assume a lot of them assume, in, in comments is they assume that a helmeted cyclist is a protected cyclist and it's absolutely not the case because these things are not designed they are truly truly not designed for crashes into moving motor vehicles. Well, and, and there's been a study in the UK that says that. Um, I'm looking it up because I've written about it several times. Um, that the, the walk, the walk study. Yeah. So where, where they're giving extra width. Well, that kind of, I mean, I, I do know Ian Walker, and uh, whenever that study does come up, there is somebody else then points out, wow, well, there's actually a study that said that's not that's not true. So that's a particular study that is um, uh, can be proven either way, as as of the all helmet studies. And this is this is where, well, except this is where it gets confusing. Every single helmet study can be probably can be uh, countermanded by another helmet study. It's it's just it isn't a defined science. It isn't a a science that is completely a hundred percent sorted at all. There are many, many conflicting studies. Well, except if you start looking at the studies, okay, you can see how most of those studies are bogus. What they've done is they go in and they say, okay, this person died of a head injury, and um, these persons, people were wearing a helmet, they didn't die of a head injury. But nobody ever looks at what the standard of the helmet is that's being applied to the study. And the standard that they apply is that the helmet provides X pounds or forces of protection. And ski and bike helmets don't provide that protection. Another study just came out of Canada. and says, if you wear a bike helmet, you're going to live. And I started looking at it, and they never put down what kind of helmet they're saying you should have been wearing. If you say a bike helmet and they apply those same things, they, I mean, they're assuming that the helmet's going to provide protection, and it doesn't. They're assuming that the helmet's going to absorb X number of pounds of force, and it doesn't. It doesn't absorb anything until it cracks. Jim, I'm going to go into a we're, – we're on the half an hour um, uh, recording mark there. I'm going to go into a break with – uh, with David, but before we do, I'm just going to pose one thing, and you can think about this while we have the the, the couple of minutes uh, of David talking about our show sponsor, and that is here's the question, and and I kind of do have an answer to it uh, myself, and and hold that answer until after the ad break. But here's the here's the query: Would you rather have uh, if you're going to be hit across the head with a baseball bat? Would you rather be wearing a helmet? Or not wearing a helmet. So that's 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 the query. Let's go to David. Hey, Carlton, thanks so much. And hi, everybody. It's David. And I am here. Well, you know why I'm here. I'm here to talk about our longtime loyal and fantastic sponsor, Jensen USA at JensenUSA.com slash The Spokesman. Remember, that's J-E-N-S-O-N usa.com. Now, what's Jensen USA? Well, if you don't know by now, you should. JensenUSA.com is the place where you're going to find all of the things that you need for your complete cycling lifestyle. Complete bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, gravel grinders, everything in between. Components, apparel, accessory, tools, shoes, really gifts, everything you can imagine that you would need 
for your cycling lifestyle. And we're not talking about off-branded stuff. We are talking about name brands that you know, love, and need for your cycling lifestyle. You're going to find those name brands at incredible low prices, and that's all going to be coupled with unparalleled customer service. If you haven't been to Jensen USA before, I urge you to do it right now and every time you need something for cycling because they're going to have it at great prices and you're going to be very, very satisfied with their customer service. Go ahead and check them out. That's at JensenUSA.com slash The Spokesman. Our thanks to Jensen USA for supporting The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast and our thanks to you for supporting our sponsor, Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, back to you. And we are back uh, with show 203 uh, of the Spokesman Cycling Rental Podcast. And we are talking, as you can uh, uh, imagine if you've been listening so far, we are talking about helmets, the protective properties uh, thereof, or maybe not. And before the break, I, I, I posed the question uh, uh, of, of Jim, and I'll, I'll come in with my reply after Jim's given his, but would you rather have, Jim, uh, a helmet on uh, if somebody's going to hit you over the head maybe lightly uh, maybe it's not going to completely kill you but if somebody's going to hit you on the head so if it's a complete experiment somebody says right here we go jim we're going to just have a little experiment i'm not going to hurt you badly but i'm going to i'm going to tap you on the head reasonably hard do you want to wear a helmet or not a helmet so would you choose not a helmet or a helmet uh, you, psychologically you're always going to pick the helmet right? Because you want to believe it's going to provide protection. I mean... But surely, surely, I mean, let's forget all the studies. Let's forget if somebody's going to hit you over the head, even just lightly with a baseball bat, you'd want to wear a helmet, wouldn't you? Because psychologically, you believe it's going to provide some protection. But it, I mean, if, surely it would. You know, and it's, it's, it's going to absorb a, a pound or whatever of force, half a pound, um, you know, but it, but it, it effectively, um, I mean, maybe, maybe the helmet make it glance off. I mean, I'd come up a hundred reasons why I would think I would hope that the helmet would provide protection, but I know it won't. Jim, here's, here's my answer to that. And this was the whole point of my article and it was to get people to, to think. So I, I didn't mention any studies. It wasn't, and you know, that he said this and he said it wasn't anything like that. It was just, so the answer to, to. To that baseball hat, would you wear a helmet? Quandary is, uh, I probably would. I think ninety nine percent of people in the world would. I think it probably does give you protection. Um, however, if it does, that is the argument for wearing a helmet when you're walking. That's the the argument for wearing a helmet when you're driving. For when you're in the shower, every single activity we do. Even falling out of bed, you know, you, there are huge amounts of people who yeah. die every year when they fall out of bed and they hit their head on the floor. So you should be wearing a helmet in bed, apart from the strangulation risk, of course, which is why you don't have helmets for children on climbing swings. Anyway, the, the, the point stands is you should wear a helmet doing virtually any activity. So that's the answer to the helmet. Yes, you should wear a helmet when you're going to get hit on the head with a baseball bat when you voluntarily stand there. But that, why just pick on cycling? Why is cycling the only sport that you have to wear a helmet, whereas when you're walking on ice, where you've got an incredible risk of hitting the head, we do not wear helmets. So my article was all about that. It wasn't about you should or shouldn't wear a bicycle helmet. It's just you should wear a helmet. You should also wear a helmet on all these other activities. And why don't we? Why do we only wear a helmet for, well, skiing and cycling? And, and here's, here's the, even the greater issue. You have a greater chance of dying. You have a greater chance of having a head injury in an automobile crash than cycling. So we drive our cars to where we're going to ride our bike. We put the helmet on after we get out of the car. If you wanted to actually prevent, if you wanted to change the odds of having a head injury, when you put your bike in the car, you climb into the car, put your helmet on. When you drive to wherever you're going for your ride, you take your helmet off, get your bike out of the car, and you go for a ride. That would do a better job of decreasing head injuries in the United States. We know the answer to that from, from the general population because they say there are airbags. 
there are uh, we are surrounded by an exoskeleton when we are, are driving. We have seat belts, all of which is true. But Jim, you're also correct in that yes, but if you still had that extra bit of protection, it would actually uh, prevent some injuries where you're getting rattled around in the car, where you're going through uh, windscreens when the the seatbelts haven't worked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, when things are coming through the uh, the windscreen at you, where if you're stuck there with your your seatbelt on, it's going to hit you anyway. All of these uh, things where uh, a lot of the protection doesn't work, but a helmet would. Yet we do not drive around in motoring helmets. And I showed in my my Forbes article, I showed a product from the 1990s made in Australia uh, where this was a genuine everyday motoring helmet. This wasn't a, a an automotive sport helmet. This was an everyday driving helmet. The Australian company sold 500. Mostly they, you can get them on eBay now because nobody actually, it seems, bought it for real, because we assume we're safe in cars and we assume we're dangerous on bikes. We have this very poor uh, risk analysis of actually what's more dangerous. So that was the point you were making there about how dangerous it is it is, it is in a car. Risk homeostasis. Hmm. When you feel safe, you drive faster. So in reality, we sh- I, as an Englishman, I should be wearing a bowler hat instead of a bicycle helmet. You should be wearing a climbing helmet because, Jim, that would that would get those people off your back who say, you should be wearing a helmet. You say, I am wearing a helmet and it's 20 times better than your helmet. Yep. Yep. When, when, I, when I show people, you know, people are skiing and they say, you should be wearing a helmet. So I go show my, the helmet that I wear that's in my ski bag. Um, and, I, and I say, well, yeah, you should be wearing that. I said, but it's not a helmet. And because in the inside, it says, this is not a helmet. This is a hard hat. Okay. The same thing you use at a construction site. And they have no clue what the difference is. And so I explain it. And then they still walk away going, well, then you should still wear a helmet. After spending sometimes a half hour with them, explaining the forces, explaining the dynamics, explaining the standards, and explaining that if they fall down sideways, they have to angle their head at such an angle that their head hits in the center first rather than, you know, sideways, uh, which would increase your chances of a neck injury. But, oh, there's another thing. Your helmet, although there have been some studies that say don't, your helmet doesn't provide any protection in the current standards for where the greater chance of having permanent injuries in, which is your neck. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing there. If you look at uh, now, some of the mountain bike helmets, when they come, when you buy those additional collars to keep your head from going back or forward too far, mm-hmm. do. But there's nothing in skiing and very little in cycling to cause where most people get the where the greatest injuries actually occur, which is the what I call the swimming pool dive. You go down on your bike, you're going head first, and you try and raise your head out of the way so you hit on your chest, but you bounce off your jaw and it breaks your neck. I, I know of at least one person who, riding a bike as a kid, did that, you know, hit and they've been in a wheelchair ever since. Um, it's like a shallow dive into a swimming pool where it just it cocks your head back so fast that it breaks your neck. And, and there's a greater chance of that than a general head injury. Um, and it would it's much more permanent, much more dangerous. So, the, so we don't even look at those things that really do hurt. So the, the phrase that comes back constantly in and when you see the, these arguments on, on social media or in the newspapers when they're responding to a helmet article is, but if it saves just one life, it's worth it. And that's normally used in the context of you know, making cycle helmets mandatory. If only it saved one life, it's worth it. Yet we don't use the same argument for, yeah, but make it mandatory in cars because it would save that 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 mythical one life. Uh, uh, you know, we don't do it for uh, bathtubs. We don't do it for beds. We own, we literally only do it for for cycling. And it is if just, we wanted to, we could save a million lives if we outlawed smoking. Mm. You know. I mean, let's, that, that's just a ludicrous argument. It, it won't save one life, one. And two, it, if you really want to go out and save lives, um, then let's eliminate those things that are really killing us. Let's drop the speed, you know, instead of stop signs, let's put in speed bumps. 
you want to slow people down on vehicles, motor vehicles, cars, bikes, whatever it is. Don't get used. Speed limit. Um, yeah, put in bumps. No, no, no speed limiters. I want speed limiters, and I want to be able to control them. From <laughs> the handlebars <laughs> okay. of my bike. What's a speed limiter? Uh, it's technology that's been around since the, the birth of motoring, but motorists have always, always uh, prevented their use. It's basically, a, you know, what you see on the back of a truck where it says this speed, this vehicle, this truck cannot go over 50 miles an hour. So oh, okay. a speed limiter in. So if we want to, you know, we, long before we have autonomous cars, we should have uh, speed limiters in cars. So cars, there's no reason in this day and age with autonomous cars coming that motorists should be allowed to go the speed they want. They should be, and I'm, I'm, they is we, because I'm a motorist, uh, our cars should stick to the speed limits. And there is, every technology is there now. Be, the, the old speed limiters were just pretty um, basic things. They just kept to a certain speed. Now we could have, we have the technology with GPS, et cetera. We could have cars uh, and trucks and everything else that go at the mandated speed limit on every single road. We would never have to have a car going over the speed limit ever. If yep. we wanted to, the technology has been there for many, many years. But of course, we don't do that because of this mythical freedom thing. We have want to have freedom to go the, as fast as we want in our motor cars. We do not have the same freedom for bicycle helmets, of course. It's you must wear a bicycle helmet because this law says you must wear one. So again, in the United it's, it's States, double standards. In the United States, we call them governors. You put okay. a governor on your engine so it can only go so fast exactly um where where we use them in the united states is on golf carts mm -hmm. so you can only go so fast on a golf course jim you mentioned uh, golf in fact i was only if this came up in conversation i would i mentioned this but in uh i have favorited this tweet so i'll put it in the in the show notes there is a an, a genuine call um from uh, golf associations to make golf helmets compulsory when you're playing as well as when you're spectating golf because of all the recent injuries. And when you think about it, it's like, if you think it's crazy to go outside and not wear a helmet on a bike, these people are going to golf courses where there's balls flying at, I don't know how many miles an hour, but these are incredible. Your heart can't see them. There must be a huge, huge risk of head injury on a golf course nobody apart from this new organization says you should wear golf helmets that's got to be the new thing jim all golfers well, have got to wear helmets and even more so they need to have a hockey helmet okay because somebody yells four the golf ball comes flying and the people turn and look and they get hit in the face mm -hmm. a lady got blinded the other day at a mm -hmm. professional golf match a yeah, golf yeah. tournament yeah yeah totally. you know, they, they need a hockey helmet so that the ball can not smash their nose, blind them, take out their teeth, because they all turn and look. You know, if you hear the word, you know, if you hear the word rock when you're rock climbing, you cover your head and you duck and you protect. You know, you don't look up. Well, when you hear the word four on golf, you should, if you want to look up, you better have that hockey helmet on or something that provides protection to your face. Well, a, a climbing helmet by the sound of it. Well, except climbing helmets don't provide protection from things hitting you on top of the head, but not coming at you from an angle. Rocks don't fall horizontally, so so the climbing helmet doesn't really work there. Mm. Oh, okay. So basically, we've been talking about double standards here, in that it's a religious thing, in that people religiously wear helmets and 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 feel as though they've got to tell other people because you said people shout at you. So people have this incredible desire to shout at cyclists, and often it's cyclists doing the shouting, to wear helmets. There are no golfers shouting at other golfers, wear your helmet. There are no motorists shouting at motorists, wear your helmet. There are no probably climbers, maybe climbers there are. There are probably very few skiers who are shouting to other skiers, wear your helmet. Again, it's just it's just cycling. Why is it just cycling? What, what, what happened in the 1980s to, to make this into a thing? I don't know. I mean, actually, you actually get it on skiing too. Not as much, but you'll you'll be standing in the lift line, and somebody say, will say to me, "Why aren't you wearing a helmet?" You know, and then they they point to Natasha Richards who died wasn't wearing a helmet. Well, she would have died with or without a helmet on. Um, 
you know, the F1 formula racer Schumacher. Um, mm-hmm. We still don't know what happened to him as far as what did he hit, but if he hit a rock skiing fast, the helmet didn't do anything. He was so wearing he, a helmet. He, he was so wearing a helmet. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, we do get it in skiing. We do, we get it in those sports where mom and dad are there uh, with their kids. They, they probably are saying that. Hey, <laughs> sorry. That was I, was, I, I was about to ask there, Jim, because I thought it was just your tummy rumbling and that we could have like, you just go and get, he needs to eat, eat some food, but no, it's your dog. Yeah, sorry about that. The, my dog sits in the windowsill of my office and controls the neighborhood from there by growling. And two dogs walk by, and so we just were uh, Dog, dog helmets. Oh, we need, we need oh, helmets oh. for all dogs. And one just wrapped his head around the cord of my head my headset so i just took off sideways across the office <laughs> office helmet as well yeah yeah, yeah. two two young 15 month old great pyrenees of 100 pounds each so mm-hmm. hey quit that go away everybody out of the office go i feel like the guy on that you know that was doing that interview with cnn or whatever about terrorists and these kids yeah. go watching in behind him yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so where were we? Excuse me, folks. Sorry. Um, yeah, people yell at you because you know they want their kids to wear a helmet. If they see, and the kid says, "Mommy, why isn't that guy wearing a helmet?" And the mommy goes, "Why aren't you wearing a helmet?" Well, you know, I really don't need to explain physics to a nine-year-old, um, and I so I try not to create nightmare for mom, who honestly believes that the helmet's going to save her kid's life. You know, and this is the other thing that I love doing. I really enjoy this, and I'm maybe a little bit of a masochist or something, but go to the websites of the helmets that you're wearing. Look at the boxes in the store, or the box if you still have it, mm-hmm. and look for the word concussion. It is nowhere to be found on any of the websites or any of the um, packaging, any the, anything to do with a ski or bicycle helmet. It's just not there. And the reason is because the helmet manufacturers know that their helmets aren't going to do anything for concussions. And yet helmets are sold every day with people believing it'll prevent concussions. And some retailers actually say that. The bike store that I go to, Green Mountain Sports, they don't use the word concussion with selling helmets. And a lot of times if I'm in there and somebody asks, wants to buy a helmet, they say, talk to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and I go, I go sell the helmets, you know. Um, because it, it does provide skid protection, as I say, you might not get a road rash on your head, but I explain to people and, and it, here's the next thing. How many of you people have helmets that are more than two years old? Mm-hmm. You, according to the manufacturer, most helmets break down, the glues break down, uh, the sun works on the, on the plastics and everything so that their value is zero or at least significantly decreased after a couple of years. And you should be replacing your helmets after a couple of years or after any major crash. The, the and, styrene, and- when it's molded, uh, is compressed on the inside so you can't see the cracks. And then it's covered up with that little thin piece of padding. Um, so you, even if you have a crash and it looks good, you know, it may be worthless. Mm-hmm. And also having it sunscreen uh, can, can degrade the helmet quite massively. And then any lacquers you put on uh, oh, yes. will degrade the helmet. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make one of the it big, work. One of the big studies after uh, Schumacher's crash skiing was whether or not the glue or whatever used to mount his camera on his helmet degraded the outside of the helmet, increasing his head injury. Um, it was an argued about in the press, discussed in the press, but I don't think anything ever really came out of it. Um, but- and, and, and before people write in, and, and, and they will because the helmet issue does seem to, to absolutely kick up a fuss with, with, with people, is, Jim, you said you're a helmet. I am going out on my bike later on this evening. I'll be wearing a helmet uh, during that particular episode of cycling. I don't wear one for every single episode of cycling, but I certainly will be for that episode. Um, certainly when I'm on my road bike, I'll wear a helmet. When I'm on my mountain bike, I'll wear a helmet. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going out there thinking, if I crash, I'm going to be saved here. I'm, I'm treating this helmet as it's almost part of the uniform. So when you go out on a road bike, you wear your Lycra shorts, you wear your clip-in shoes, you wear your, your, your mitts. And you wear a helmet because that's 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 the rigueur. That's that's what you wear as a you know wannabe you know a roadie. Um, 
it's not going to protect you in any way as much as you think. There is obviously some protective benefits, but as Jim has been saying there, it, it's perhaps um, scalp lacerations. It's, it's these kind of more superficial injuries that they're there for, which in, in, their, in themselves are a good reason, good enough reason to, to wear helmets. But they are not there to prevent concussion. They are not there to prevent a truck, an SUV, a car doing any more than 15 miles an hour. They are not there to protect against that kind of stuff. So don't ever think that your helmet is going to save you in a serious crash, either yourself at a you know, 30 mile plus miles an hour uh, or a, a motor vehicle uh, uh, coming into you. But you know, I want to go back to where we started. And that was, you're an attorney. So all the things you've said today in your head, you've kind of cleared um, legally. And also you sit on these helmet committees. So you're not Joe Blow. You are not some bloke I've just picked up off, uh, off the street and said, right, what are your views on helmets, Mr. Bloke? You are somebody who sits on these panels with, well, who do you sit with? Who, who are also on these panels? Who, who are you sitting around the table? Uh, but most of these people on these committees are um, the manufacturers themselves. There's a representative from most of the major helmet manufacturers there. Every once in a while, you'll see somebody from one of the other testing organizations there. You'll see um, expert witnesses, um, uh, people who sometimes uh, uh, a physician or somebody like that who looks at the issues with helmets, um, but, but, but rarely. Uh, and then um, in the skiing helmet world, there's at least one engineer that sits in on the committee that I've, that I know that I've worked with, but yeah, the, most of the time it's the people who are manufacturing the helmets that are deriving the benefit of what's going on with this insane fear of, of, uh, concussions that are sitting there going up, oh, we're making good money. Let's not worry about it. Then that's what we need to do. If you want, if you want to get a, a you know, if you want a concussion proof helmet, you need to say something about it. You need to do something more than keep buying the same old thing. <laughs> Jim, on that note, which has just destroyed the whole of the, the, the bicycle helmet industry, of course, overnight. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm in big trouble now. <laughs> As we know, it won't. It, it won't deflect people's religious opinions on this. Uh, these things just don't. People will have strong opinions and they will stick to it no matter how much evidence uh, is thrown up. But on that point, uh, Jim, we will we'll call it a day. Uh, tell us how people can get in touch with you to rant and rave at you and tell you you are wrong about helmets. How are people going to shout at you, Jim? Uh, the most shouting seems to occur on Twitter, which is my handle there is recreation law, one word. Um, you can go to my website where I have um, dozens, 40 some articles on helmets, which is uh, recreation-law.com. Uh, and is there a tag helmet yes there's a category there you go down and look in the categories there's a category called helmets and you can find most of them there i'm going to send you a couple to post in the notes that are quite interesting um and and just google recreation law and you should be able to find me um and and i do i will respond to about every single one unless you attack me or it's just absurd absurd um, because I want people to know, I want people to understand. I, I don't care if you wear a helmet. I honestly don't. You can wear a helmet. You can not wear a helmet. That's your choice. I just want you to know what the helmet can and cannot do. It can mess up your hair. It won't prevent you from receiving a concussion. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is all. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned the show notes there, and I will definitely put, uh, uh, any number of links you want to send across there. I'll certainly put the, the helmets one in, but if you send us a couple of your top ones, I will link to that. And that is in the-spokesman.com. Uh, that's where the, the, the show notes for this podcast reside. And I am uh, Colton Reed, and I am a writer for Forbes.com and for The Guardian and for a whole bunch of other things, including books, etc. And you can find me at Colton Reed, R-E-I-D, on Twitter and search my name on Forbes.com and The Guardian. So this has been the not at all contentious, nobody will have any problems with this show whatsoever. Show 203, there'll be no comments on this one, I guarantee it, Jim. Uh, so this has been The Spokesman 
uh, Cycling Roundtable podcast. And just however you get out there, whether you have a helmet on, like me and Jim, because we both wear helmets, or whether you don't have a helmet on, just get out there and ride. Thank you.